Welcome to The Peel, where we break through the surface of sustainability in Florida and get to the juicy stuff at the center of it all. I'm your host, Amber Biddle, Executive Director of South Bay, Sarasota. We're a nonprofit that is increasing the resilience, affordability, and health of Florida's buildings and communities, and we're saving the planet along the way. Check out our programs and events at southface.org, Sarasota. Our guest today is Katie Southworth. She's South Face's Advocacy Program Director and a regular contributor. Welcome, Katie. Hey, Amber. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us again on The Peel. So today we're going to talk about FECA, which is the Florida Energy Efficiency and Conservation Act. Can you describe what it is to us, Katie? Sure. Um, happy to. FECA is, we refer to it as FECA. Um, it is legislation that was passed in Florida in 1980. So way back in 1980, the state legislature passed uh, a requirement that the Public Service Commission would work with utilities to set energy efficiency goals for ut- uh, utility programs. Um, so it was passed way back in 1980. Um, then but was sort of on the back burner and there was no implementation of the rules until 1993, at which point the commission, the Public Service Commission, which regulates investor-owned utilities across the state, um, about 84% of all electricity sold is regulated by the Public Service Commission under FECA. Um, In 1993, they added rules finally, waited over a decade to, to create rules under the act. Um, and then revisited rules again in 2008 um, when uh, the governor requested that the legislature amend the act um, and updated the act to include various things, such as consideration of rooftop solar as a demand side resource um, and applied some additional uh, what are called cost tests uh, under the act, uh, which are used to set goals for the utilities uh, for their efficiency programs. Since then, uh, there hasn't been a ton of activity under FECA or many changes until about 2014, the commission looked back at the rules and um, gutted them more or less. Since then, we've seen utilities proposing close to, in in some cases, actually 0% energy efficiency savings targets under those revised rules. So in 2020, the Public Service Commission um, decided that zero is not a goal (laughs) and has initiated a rulemaking proceeding to revise the rules yet again, long overdue, um, to look at uh, how utilities are working with the commission to set their energy efficiency goals. And so that that, Proceeding is still ongoing at the commission, and we expect to see revised draft rules any day now um, and hope to see a number of improvements, um, but uh, we'll be engaging to ensure that they end up in the final rule. So are these energy efficiency, are we talking about how they operate their own operations, or are we talking about rebates or what they might offer to customers? Great question. So. When utilities do their planning for resources that they're going to invest in, they can decide to do a number of things, build a new natural gas plant, for example, build new nuclear, or they can decide to implement energy efficiency programs. So utilities are responsible for 
balancing the grid and ensuring that customers get safe, reliable, affordable electricity. Energy efficiency is a resource for utilities that they can use. It is a least cost resource. Um, it is often cheaper than building new natural gas or new uh, generation facilities. So um, FICA relate, covers those energy efficiency programs. It doesn't relate to the efficiency of a generation plant. Rather, it refers to the efficiency programs that utilities can deploy to help keep rates low and customers uh, provided with affordable, reliable energy. So what would be a program that they would implement under this? There's a variety of energy efficiency programs that could potentially be funded under FICA. Uh, we've seen in Florida rebates for things like energy efficiency, uh, uh, efficient appliance upgrades, getting a more efficient HVAC. Um, rebates often help customers go take that an additional step to get a more efficient option. Um, they don't have the capital investment to do so themselves. Um, it can look like things like directly funded uh, retrofit programs where the utility pays for things like lighting retrofits that can go into a commercial business and upgrade the lighting. Um, so those are often some of the least cost efficiency programs out there um, and have incredibly uh, short payback periods. Um, it can, the incentives can, can happen in a number, a number of ways. You pay a contractor to do work, you pay a customer to do work, you give a rebate for uh, purchases. Um, it can be a behavioral program where the utility provides incentives for customers to use electricity at different times of the day when it is less expensive. Um, there's a lot of really creative programming across the country um, that ought to be uh, available to, to folks in Florida, and we hope to enable those uh, under these revised rules. So this is probably a pretty obvious conclusion, but it sounds like the reason why the utilities wouldn't want to do this is because they're paying people to use less of their energy, which is how they generate income. So they're making the grid more reliable, but they could potentially be decreasing their profits and paying people to decrease their profits. So, yes, that is a common um, barrier uh, that, uh, you know, a couple of decades ago across the country was you're hearing a lot of. But utilities are it's important to think of utilities and what they sell as a service. And it's not they're not selling a commodity. Electricity is not a commodity. You're selling the service of electricity. And so in order to ensure reliable, um, accessible power, utility, it, it has to be service-oriented. service, service oriented. There are a number of mechanisms that enable utilities to recover the costs of these programs. So in Florida, utilities, when they include energy efficiency programs in their plans under FICA, are allowed to recoup the costs of those programs. And those costs are included in customer rates. So they're paid for and the utility does make money in that way. In other states such as Georgia and North Carolina, utilities are given what is called an additional sum, which is a it's a, it's a sort of a on top of recovering the cost of the program, they get to make an additional sum uh, they charge uh, for their programs, which generates revenue for them 
and can make up for what's called loss of revenue uh, component created by these programs, even with the additional sum that's added on in, in those states, for example, the utility efficiency programs are still less expensive than supply side options. That is a great distinction to make between service and commodity. And I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, and also very interesting to hear that they get reimbursed in the way that um, consumers pay upfront if a new nuclear plant or a new natural gas plant is going in. I remember in Levy County, I think it was Levy County, they built, they started building, they were, they were pretty far along in building a new nuclear plant and then scrapped it. And so the consumers had to pay for that investment, even though it never came online. Yeah, and that's, that's the conundrum with supply side resources versus demand side resources like energy efficiency. In Florida, the Utility Commission currently looks at what is called ratepayer impact metric test when they look at efficiency programs. So all resources have a rate impact. Nuclear especially is very mm -hmm. expensive and it drives rates up. But unfortunately, in Florida, the commission applies this rate impact test to energy efficiency programs only and doesn't look at the rate impacts of supply side resources. And so that is a that is one element sort of disincentive that is created under the current rules under FICA, um, which the, that sort of split incentive there encourages more investment in generation um, and discourages investment in cost effective energy efficiency because the utility commission relies on this ratepayer impact metric test. Great, so you, you said that we have almost zero in Florida um, for energy efficiency programs uh, and that other states, you've given some examples about how other states are using it and using it well. And I know in our past uh, podcast, I think you said that Florida has on average one-tenth the energy efficiency um, programs that other states do. Is there anything else um, about how it's working in Florida or not working in this case? So you're correct. Florida is at about 0.09% of energy savings compared to sales. Florida Power and Light is at 0.04%, particularly bad. In Georgia, we're floating around 0.4%. In North Carolina, about 0.61% of energy efficiency savings compared to retail sales. And nationwide, it's at 1.1%. So 1.1% nationwide typically is the average. And then you have Florida at 0.09%. And that is a direct result uh, of the uh, rules and uh, implementation of FICA in the state. Interesting. And as a as a ratepayer, I have never seen any them advertise any program to me that if I upgraded my um, lights or I upgraded my refrigerator or my HVAC or my water heater that I would get rebates. Um, I don't ever remember that coming from FPL. Right. So we're trying to cure this problem in the upcoming uh, rulemaking proceeding. Um, it'll be an opportunity to figure out what incentives need to be there to get utilities to want to invest in efficiency. So nationwide, getting 1.1% savings, that equals about 2% nationwide on average of revenue from utilities that gets invested into energy efficiency. So on average, across the U.S., utilities are 
investing 2.2% of their revenue into efficiency demand side management programs. And they're not just doing that out of the goodness of their heart. It's because you have good policies and strong incentives that, um, such as the, you know, the, the uh, additional sum that I mentioned earlier, those encourage and incentivize utilities to invest in these least cost resources and result in lower bills for customers. So you've said that South Face has is waiting for the rule to be released um, and you will respond to it. Uh, so what is South Face doing exactly to improve FICA? What's the process? So right now um, we're encouraging our members and um, allies to go to energysmartflorida.com and submit comments into the docket, which is currently open. There are about 6,000 comments that have already been submitted into the docket. Um, we expect a draft rule to be provided for, for an additional round of comments uh, at any day now. Um, we hope to see in that rule uh, amendments to do things like number one, encourage the use of a, other types of cost tests beyond the ratepayer impact metric cost test. We would like the commission to evaluate utility efficiency programs looking at total resource cost. So that would be looking at the value of the efficiency programs across all, compared to all resources across a portfolio. We also would like the commission to allow themselves to evaluate things like the societal benefit of programs um, and, and, and a combination, they can use a combination really of many of the cost tests that are used across the country. Florida is the only state that primarily relies on the ratepayer impact metric cost test. Uh, that is that the trend to get rid of that cost test in the 2000s. So we're really behind. Um, we're, we'd also like to see the commission get rid of their two-year payback screen. Florida is the only state that has a screen for any energy efficiency member me measures within the program that would pay for themselves within two years. So this means that light bulbs, lighting upgrades, things that are some of the least cost, lowest hanging fruit efficiency measures that are typically included in programs across the country are not eligible to be included in the utility programs in Florida. Um, the rationale behind including the two-year cost screen uh, originally was to get rid of what is called free riders in the program. So the thinking behind it is that, oh, well, customers, if it would pay off in two years, they'll probably just do that themselves anyways. And so we know that that's not true, particularly for low and moderate income customers who are don't have the capital uh, in their in their household budget to buy the more expensive but more efficient lighting that would pay off in less than two years. Um, it would, and so there for a number of reasons um, that number that, that two year payback is just it, it has got to be gotten rid of in Florida, not just because it excludes really. Um, <clears throat> cost-effective measures, but it also because it's really based on sort of unreasonable assumptions about consumer behavior. And there isn't there isn't really a technical analysis, strong arguments for it. Uh, we believe that was adopted uh, sort of without real rational <laughs> justification. So 
you have um, your commenters from your allies and supporters. You have all your comments. Uh, you have South Face, South Face's comments, right, with um, changes that they would like to see. And so what happens then? Does the Public Service Commission review all the comments and then make uh, decisions or does it automatically become some legal process? Great question. So we have not submitted comments on a draft rule yet because the next iteration hasn't been released. When it is released, we expect there the, the, the Public Service Commission will set a schedule and you'll be able to see all of the updates on the energysmartflorida.com website. Um, there'll be a period of what's called notice and comment. And so during that period, various groups will put together comments, submit it to the commission. And the way the process is supposed to work is the commission staff will evaluate all of the comments and then submit a final rule for approval, which will get voted on at the Public Service Commission. Um, they'll likely hold a workshop where commenters and interveners can go in and present three-minute spiel about what they want to see. Um, so opportunity for written comment as well as verbal comment in the workshop, likely. That's typically the process that they um, use at the commission. Um, and then go from there. So the final rule that is adopted is not does not consider all of the issues that are raised by commenters, doesn't address concerns, um, then there is potential for a challenge uh, due process type of challenge or others, um, but um, we're hoping that they'll get it right in the rulemaking process. Go from Excellent. There. So you mentioned um, that our listeners can go to energysmartflorida.com and submit comments and follow the process. Is there anything else they can do to engage in this issue? Sure. Take a look at our webinar. Uh, it was recorded. It's posted to the South Base. YouTube channel. Um, I also encourage folks to talk to commissioners if they have relationships with, with staff or commissioners of the Public Service Commission. And um, yeah, check out Energy Smart Florida. Submit a comment. Encourage your friends to submit a comment. Any folks that you think may be interested. Thank you to Katie and thanks for listening to The Peel. To get involved with South Face Sarasota, visit southface.org Sarasota. Until next time, stay sunny.